0: still like switching up stuff on OBS trying mm-hmm. to figure out a new uh, look. Yeah. I guess is what you could call that. It. So it's a work in okay. progress. I, okay. Not, I don't want to have that like lower thirds thing that we usually have down at the bottom. I don't want it there all the time. Okay. So I'm doing a thing where I can like turn it off and on. They know that we are talking about death-defying Dr. Mirage this week here on The Review Mm -hmm. Show. That's the podcast that we're doing this week. Hello, everyone. How are you guys? This is episode 90 of The Review Show. My name is Kyle Springer. I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. How is your beautiful, warm weekend, Kyle? Yeah, it
0: is fantastic. It's like 70 degrees here in Richmond, and... That's unheard of. January 13th, and it's 70 degrees outside.
1: You and I are on a similar longitude, whichever is the horizontal one. And St. Louis can also get mild in January. I think it was like in the 50s, getting close to 60 last week. Mm -hmm. But last night it sleeted and snowed several inches. And the whole world out there is just like white and mushy. Mushy and
0: crusty. That's the worst kind of like snow. Like the day after where it snowed enough to like stick around, but it's Mm. like half melted and it's all just slush.
1: Oh, it's not bad. The roads are still slightly iffy in, you know, Mm -hmm. in like the corners of some parking lots or on like little neighborhood roads. The major ones are fine, but the sun hasn't come out yet. There's enough like. Transportation and heat on the ground, so that the roads are okay, but the trees are still covered in snow. So it is really pretty. That's good. So I'm just gonna at, sit at, on at my least. couch and bundle up and drink a cocoa and just look at them trees. Nice. And yeah. like a good weekend.
0: Mm-hmm. Or a good start to your week. As, yeah. As, whoa, 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 whoa. Can whoa do that tomorrow. Well. So uh well, let's see like i mentioned at the start this week we are talking about the death-defying dr mirage volumes one and two mm-hmm.
2: um
0: this actually worked out perfect because i yeah i've been reading a bunch of valiant comics uh kind of off and on for the past three years now maybe mm-hmm. no two three years uh and i've read a ton of their stuff from when they relaunched the company and the like line of comics because they were around in the 90s for a Mm -hmm. long time and then they went bankrupt and they disappeared for a bit and then like 2010 ish they were like we're back
2: um
0: and they actually have some really cool comics and i've been reading those slowly but surely and one Mm -hmm. of the very next things i needed to read was the death defying dr mirage volumes one and two? Oh, good so that is secretly why i pitched it i was just like <laughs> i can just continue what i need to read next by pitching this <laughs> and you happened to pick it it sounded cool yeah yeah so what what did you think what why besides it sounded cool uh did you want to pick this one
1: Oh, I just always love supernatural things. That's a real soft spot of mine, like demons and ghosts and, you know, alternate dimensions where you do a ritual and then you're in the land of the dead and you can't like eat anything or you'll be stuck there. That kind of stuff always gets me. And I like the tragic romance angle Mm -hmm. of it, like from the starting point of the series being... This woman can speak to all of the dead except for her late husband, and she can't figure out why. Yeah. That's a really neat starting point. Because I know, because you imagine, it'll probably get better from there. So it's like just hopefully. enough tragedy. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. It's like just enough tragedy to be exciting. But it doesn't feel like it would be so much that it's like, oh, this is just a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's
0: oddly hopeful
1: Yes, as, as well,
0: because if that is the premise, there is this mm. sense of like constantly searching for something better or like, yeah. hey, if 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 I can just find him, it'll all be good. Mm. And so there is this like, I think it's going to happen at some point. Right. Yeah, like, it, it has to. Uh, uh, otherwise, that wouldn't really be the premise mm. of, of, of the thing. Um. But, yeah, so I, I remember when this originally came out, I really liked the covers. The artwork yeah. on the covers for this is fantastic. Uh, let's see. this These books are written by Jen Van Meter uh, with art by R- Roberto De La Torre, David Barron, and Dave uh, lapmere Or Lanphier. Lanphier. There you mm. go. Dave Lanphier. There you go, but yeah, there's um, there's there's all sorts of really cool <laughs> covers on this book, and I've always wanted to check it out, but I never did. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I, I hadn't read Valiant Comics. I don't know if I'm
1: jumping in the middle of something. You're or not. Um, you're not. I'll say this yeah. to the audience: I don't feel like this required any prior knowledge. We not read Quantum and Woody last year for the podcast, which is another Valiant Comics title. I didn't see any connective tissue between these two. So it's helpful. I mean, it's fun to imagine what else could be out there because you know what's out there and you just have to imagine how. Yeah. It's a neat bonus, but yeah, definitely not required.
0: Uh, So f- for those of you guys who might not know Valiant Comics, uh, they focus on superhero comics. They have a shared universe similar to what Marvel does mm-hmm. or what DC Comics does where all of their comics take place in the same universe. So you can read Batman or you can read Wonder Woman or whoever else. And, you know, it's all in it's all in the same spot. Uh, Valiant does the same thing. However, they don't publish as many comics. Mm -hmm. It's like they publish eight books a month compared to DC's like 60 something. So if you want. ...to read the entire Valiant universe, you can. And it's much Mm -hmm. more manageable. And you will know everything that is happening there. And that's kind of neat to be able to do that. But then if you really only care about something like the Death Defying Doctor Mirage... ...that's really all you need to read. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say between Quantum and Woody and what we read here in the Death Defying Doctor Mirage... These kind of take place more on the fringe of the Valiant okay. universe, which is why they haven't. There hasn't been much connected okay. issue. I think I caught one re- reference to another book of like I think I've seen that term before. Hmm. Uh, so, not 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 much. Um, but yeah, I I I liked this. Uh, yeah, there there were some things that I really did not like but we'll get into that in spoilers mm-hmm. and stuff let's do a synopsis for yeah. uh people who might not have read the the read the book along with us we encourage you guys to read along at home
1: yeah you can do it this was all on comixology unlimited so if you have that Comicsology account it is at that point free
0: exactly exactly okay synopsis time okay death defying dr mirage uh Shan Fong is the main character's name. Mm. Shan Fong Mirage, is hyphen her Mirage, full name. Yeah, um, she is a like a paranormal investigator mm. type of person. Uh, it turns out that they used to have a TV show where they would talk about that stuff and, and investigate things. Yeah. Um, and eventually, her husband, uh, I, I guess the Mister Mirage. Uh, yeah he passed away mm -hmm. and he has been dead for the past five years but shan has the power to speak to the dead and unfortunately she can't contact her husband that's Mm -hmm. the only person she cannot find and so she's like something's up here i need to figure this out why can i not talk with him um And so the the book kind of starts out from there. She gets hired for a job to go investigate some paranormal stuff. Mm -hmm. Things kind of spiral out of control. uh, And we go from there. It's good. It's fun. It is. I liked it a lot. Do you have anything else that you wanted to add to my vague Uh, synopsis?
1: (laughs) Just to say that the magic in this is really cool. And it's the sort of general thing. Like there's not a lot of it that is specifically tied to any culture or mythology that you're aware of, but everything that they mention seems like it could be part of some old folk tale. You just haven't heard before. It's really neat. Like whole cloth invention of this afterlife system. Mm -hmm.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Uh, yeah housekeeping let's do yes. some housekeeping and then we will get into spoilers uh last week i mentioned our four-year anniversary retrospective again if you have not checked it out go check it out it's a long one but yep. uh it, it is packed with announcements and good times uh us reminiscing on all of the stuff that we made in 2019 in 2019 excuse me yes uh, so lots of cool announcements there. Go check that stuff out. Also, one thing that I want to draw attention to, we have a kind of change in formula here mm-hmm. at the review show. Melissa, do you yes. want to tell the people what is coming up at the end of the month here?
1: Yeah, we are going to try doing something new. Where the last episode of every month. We're going to keep watching the same show through its conclusion or at least to whatever the latest season available for us to watch is. Because normally we do things week by week, so we can only watch something that takes about a week's time. Something that's one season, maybe two seasons if they're both short. We wanted the chance to really sit with something and absorb the entirety of a story. So last week of the month, we're going to be following an entirety of something. And the show we're starting with is the Adult Swim cartoon, The Venture Brothers, which is an old favorite of mine. And we are going to be starting with the first two seasons those are both available on Hulu and they're both 13 episodes each.
0: And this will continue from month to month. Yes, so at the end of February, uh, we will still be continuing to cover Adventure Bros seasons three and four, I think. So Yeah. There you go. Um sweet. Go check out our website for more mm-hmm. information about all of our podcasts. You guys can find out Uh, All sorts of stuff there, as well as your podcasting platform of of choice. Just type Mm -hmm. in The Whatnots. That's where you can find us. All of our shows will pop up right there. If you like what we do, patreon.com slash The Whatnots is where you can support us. Uh, You guys can get access to the live streams of this show. You guys can be watching us right now on YouTube. Uh, That would be great to have you join us and join in on the conversation. Uh, You guys can get exclusive content. We can also give you a shout-out if you are at our $5 tier. Uh, So thank you to Sam and Christine uh, for helping us out so much. We appreciate you tons.
1: Thank you. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, that's it for housekeeping. Let's Mm -hmm. move on to
1: spoilers. All right. All right. Graphic is complete. The sound effects are done. (laughs)
0: <laughs> See, this is where you can have your like movie studio set thing that you oh, got yeah. and be like okay scene three go i'll
1: bring it i'll bring it next week because i will spoil you my three pitches are all movies okay <laughs> it would be a little weird if we did it for like a comic book
0: i mean comic book movies i don't know <laughs> whatever Okay, uh, where do you want to start with this? Is there I, something that jumped out
1: uh, to you? There's, I think I just want to... S- go well, ahead. I, no, no, I want to hear what you want to say, because you said there were a lot of things you didn't like. And yes. I'm curious what these specifically were. Mainly Volume 1.
0: I didn't I, like Volume 1.
1: I'm with you there. I didn't strongly dislike it, but I did like Volume 2 a lot more.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Um. Volume one to me felt like volume four. Yes. I I was kind of thrown into the middle of stuff. They don't hold your <laughs> hand, which mm-hmm. I kind of appreciate that yes. I, I, I have to kind of work to keep up with what's happening. But they're throwing around terminology and things that uh, it makes it seem like I should be familiar with. With them, and I'm not. Mm. Um, And so that kind of threw me for a loop, and it was just – it was a lot to take in, and I I just – I think because I didn't understand it, I was just like, yeah, I'm not really following this stuff here, so.
1: I – I got most of the magic and this might be me as like a more supernatural and fantasy interested person than you are that I like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, speak that language of made up magic stuff better. Like I'm fine with magic
0: and stuff like that, but not like high fantasy, like Mm, orcs and elves and dragons and all that (laughs) stuff. I'm just
1: like, okay, (laughs) yeah, not for me. Just, Just plain old human wizards that like wear sneakers and drive a car. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. I I kind of liked being just put right in mythology-wise. Sure. But, and I feel like I caught up well enough to all that, but it is a big, bold choice that volume one, like the end of the first issue, it's like, well, uh, we're going into the netherworld. I'm doing a ritual. I'm going into the afterlife.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I mean I I guess for me it's more that I I enjoy paranormal stuff rather than yeah. fantasy stuff.
1: Yeah, that and sense. that's what this does, is that instead of showing you how the magic interacts with the real world, she's going straight into an all-magic universe.
0: Yeah. Um But I think for me, I don't the person that was hiring her linton march i believe is yes. his name i don't even really know what he was trying to get her to do
1: uh like, so i'm, I'm had, still
0: confused on that so
1: he had that sort of um gill man locked up in his basement and he had this psychic right. chain around his wrist that like was connecting him to the gill man and he's like i know you're a medium can you break this like i messed around with supernatural stuff." decades ago in my youth as this soldier of fortune. I can't do this anymore. You got to sever the ties. And then the Gill man's like talking to Shan, like mentally is like, you do have to sever the ties, but I am not on this guy's side. Like we kind of want the same thing, but not for the same reasons. Like you can't trust him, but you can trust me. And Shan's like, okay, I think I can trust the Gill man. See, I, I got
0: that, but it made it seem like she wasn't supposed to discover this, like, weird Gilman oh, thing. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, because he's, that's right, because he's like, get this chain off of me. And then she hears, like, the Gillman talking to her from its, like, alcove behind a curtain in the basement. She's like, yeah. what's this? Does this have anything to do with that psychic chain on your wrist?
0: He's like, the, uh, yeah,
1: kinda. <laughs> yeah, the stuff with Linton March is a little muddy, and he's got that group of like old co- cohorts that are there that are trying to like um, do
0: people. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and like I couldn't really tell any of them apart. They're just like all old white men in suits, and all I... white
0: people look alike. <laughs>
1: I don't know, like, they, they're all dressed the same. Like, they're all, like, the same type of guy, the same archetype. They right. Not one of them felt like, well, he's the smart one, and that's, you know, that's uh, the action one. Like, they're just all kind of the same. <laughs> that's Action and- Jim over there. <laughs> <laughs> See, it wasn't even like they were a you know, a mob or something where they have nicknames and like, you know, that's that guy's specialty. They sort of all mm-hmm. blended together and I could never exactly get a handle on like, yeah, like I think what they had been doing is they had been, it's like that Nazi occult thing that pops up in various narratives, like hell an boy. Indiana Jones sort of. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is very hell boy. Right down to the Gill man. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It, it, it I
0: didn't really know what Linton March was up to, to exactly. Uh and then yeah, those uh, occult people who were also there was 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 just like, well what are what do they want? Like do they mm-hmm. have to do with this change? Like why do they want the change? Is that even what they want off of this dude? I don't know. Why are they tr- trying to kill him now? This makes no sense. I don't know. That being said, mm mm-hmm. I really like the exploration of that kind of netherworld, underworld part. Yeah. And here's one of the connections that I think might be a connection. Okay. So there's another valiant character named Shadow Man. And I really like that book. Uh, It is based around voodoo and that type of magic. Uh, So they go into a place called the Deadside, which is in volume one what the little kids call that town they're like we need Mm -hmm. to go to the dead side yeah i was like is this is this the same dead side that shadow man like has his powers are kind of Mm -hmm. attached to and it didn't seem like it was yeah but uh, like that's the thing it like it's this kind of netherworld, underworld place of darkness and magic. Mm-hmm. and I. So maybe this is just a town hidden within the dead side. I have no idea. Yeah,
1: maybe to these kids it's like, well, there's the dead side of town and the deader side of town.
0: Right. <laughs> Grass is always deader on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I liked that because it... It is this kind of dark, seedy town with the mm. like markets of of like, oh, what's happening here? There's all these weird creatures, and then there's this, yeah, basically this weird town ritual.
1: I do like this, um, yeah,
0: yeah. It like it, it, it's just this weird town ritual thing happening where there's someone in a cage, uh-huh. uh, just sitting there. And yeah. everyone is sitting there watching them, And she's like, what's the deal with this? And he's like, well, they have to stay in the cage until someone lets them out of the cage. But then they have to go in the cage until mm-hmm. someone lets them out. Yeah. Uh, but if you let someone out of the cage, they owe you a favor. Um, and so it, she, Dr. Mirage, ended up gambling on that. And it kind of worked out. Yeah. we haven't seen the ramifications of that yet because she put herself in the cage mm. while she was being hunted by this one dude. The one dude then opened up the cage and was like, Ha-ha, fooled you! And sh- she escaped. Uh, and then later on down the road when we see this guy that was hunting her, he was like, well, now you owe me a favor. Mm. I'm here to c- collect. And she manages to escape, but it... it uh, that that whole thing was neat. I really enjoy, enjoyed that. That was like the one part of volume 1 that I was in in inter, inter, interested in. Like what is going on here? This is
1: yeah. fascinating. I like that sort of logic game. This is some of the same stuff I liked in She-Hulk, like all the lawyer business of these loopholes, and there's all these rules and stipulations, yeah. but you have to see if you can circumvent them and find a way to, like, obey the letter of the thing but still get what you want out of it. Right, right. That's always well, good.
0: I, I think to add to that, I really liked uh, the... She, just, she. So when she takes on the job, mm. she was like... All right, fine, I'll do, 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 do it, but I need a few things from your museum slash library here to help me mm-hmm. do some research. And she just seemingly starts g- grabbing stuff. Uh, we don't really know what they are or what the purposes are, but then mm. when she's in the underworld, she kind of uses them as bargaining chips of like, yeah. hey, I have stuff to tr- to trade. Like, I'll give you these, like, this pile of bones that I took from this one dude. I don't know what they are, but here, you could have these bones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's one thing in particular that she has that we don't know anything about, but everyone no. seemed to value it. it and it's like, like a... It's like a shrunken skull.
1: It, it looked like it was like a doll's head, like a little baby head. Yeah, Like taken off a doll or something. And it's apparently like so valuable and it gives off like really positive energy. So she gives it to these like basically like spiritually starved people down there in the underworld and the guys like this will feed my whole village thank you yeah Yeah. and it's just like this
0: is really fascinating but what what was that why is it so powerful what's the what's the mythology behind that like i that's the stuff i want this book to explore more Mm -hmm. of but at this like i at at I don't want them to necessarily do it in the underworld all the time because maybe this is me just trying to put things in different Mm. boxes. I feel like Shadow Man's territory is the dead side. Is this kind of more... Uh, are are people dead in this realm? We don't really know. It's this mm-hmm. kind of in-between spot. Whereas Dr. Mirage, she's more of a paranormal investigator. So maybe she yeah. goes to the dead side every now and then. But I want to see her on Earth. What do these objects do and mean to people on Earth and to the people studying them, right? Yeah. Um,
1: and I love the that's, use that's of stuff I want. everyday objects as like these i love property magic i love magic based on a physical thing and what kind of properties and elements and like themes it carries with it like we have to use the special plant the special wood the special stone this this scent of incense and not any other scent of incense will make this work because of this reason and i like when uh When Huynh goes into the scroll in volume two and she has to do the spell to get him out of the scroll. Yeah. One of the things that's part of her like summoning ritual is an owl pellet, which, you know, an owl like gulps down all these mice and whatever. And then it like coughs up this like hairball almost of like bones and hair and things Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's basically what we're asking the scroll to do. Regurgitate Huen back to me. So to represent that in the physical world, here's an owl pellet.
0: Yeah, that was a really interesting way for them to kind of explain their yeah. magic. Uh, I, I, I liked that a, a lot. Like, I, I, I don't need a scientific exp- mm. explanation, right? I don't need an exact science. But this thing of like, hey... The stuff we use in these potions and spells and stuff, they're basically metaphors of, mm-hmm. of we need it to do something like this. Yes. We want the spell to bring this character out and like like spit him back out, right? Mm-hmm. So here's some vomit. Yeah. <laughs> like that's <laughs> basically we want it to do. Um, And I I really enjoyed that. Like that's a good explanation of why you would have these like seemingly random or strange things being mixed up into a potion. I really enjoyed that.
1: That's always one of my favorite magic things is taking like an everyday like natural object and turning it into something wild I'd love to see further down the line if it does have to be a natural object or if like one time she's in a pinch and she uses like funny joke throw up from a prank store and like could she get that same effect?
0: Uh, My computer just spazzed out. Huh. Hold on a sec. Let's see if I can figure out what is happening here. Garage band stopped recording. Um... Okay, here's what I'm going to have you do. Mm -hmm. I'm basically just going to have you repeat what you (laughs) just said in response to me being like, I really enjoyed that type of magic that they just did.
1: Okay. It's always one of my favorite things in a magic story when the wizard takes a everyday physical object that we all know and just turns it into something wild because it represents this. It comes from this yeah. natural line of this. And as silly as it sounds, I'd be intrigued to see like farther in the future, like what does it always have to be a natural object? Because she's pulling out like the owl pellet okay. and like plants and woods and things. And I'd like to see if when she needs to do a regurgitation spell again, if she doesn't have an owl pellet, could she take like uh, fake prank throw up from a joke store and do enough people believe in the fake prank throw up that it works that it still has yeah, that, enough that magic to it also
0: part of I, I think the collective platonic mm-hmm. thing of magic is it's about belief yes too. the more that people believe in it the more power it, it, it has mm-hmm. so yeah I feel like maybe something like that joke vomit could work if enough people believe or don't know that it's fake and they just think that it's real yeah v- or if vomit, she has to right? like
1: do an uh an exorcism uh her client is a clown like nobody believes in funny joke throw more than a clown
0: right yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly um but yeah i i i i think overall volume 1 if we had read that by itself i think that may have turned me off yeah. to this story as a whole but volume 2 was really good i really I enjoyed de- volume 2
1: same i really dug volume 2 and there's a scene where they're like fighting in the on the sidewalk outside of <laughs> of uh of Shan and Wynn's house, that is so much more interesting, and so it feels so much more high stakes than anything that was taking place in like the abyss, yeah. <laughs> full of dead souls. Yeah, and I, like,
0: uh, I really enjoy the artwork in mm-hmm. in this, but I think by volume two they really refined the style. I uh,
1: there's something it... I no, you can go ahead.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. There,
1: <laughs> no, fine. Okay, you go first.
0: Let me just say this one thing fast, and then you can go. Um, I, I I think both art styles seem very kind of scratchy. I think that's the yes. typical word that most people would would, mm. would use. It has a lot of texture, and I like both of them. But I think in this world that we don't know in Volume One, to have that scratchy uh, yes. look look to it, it's a little bit hard to decipher whereas same on earth with things that i know it was just like oh okay i understand what's happening here a lot better be- 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 better than i did in volume one
1: yeah like the it's underworld funny. looks cool the underworld looks cool but it is so much more like Texture and shadow, and it's less of a sense of like shape and dimension. And I get that. Like it's an underworld. Like it's not a place of physical properties. Like it makes sense. But mm-hmm. just to have so much of the story be taking place there in the very first volume, it's just right. like a little hard to get a handle on the whole narrative. Uh, something I noticed I think the artwork gets scratchier the more magic they're dealing with. Oh, interesting. I didn't exactly I, track this, but I like there's notice that. like if there's panels, that's just about like we're talking about the house, you know, we're talking about a relationship. We're talking about our TV career. Like the artwork is cleaner. I didn't like study this. I just sort of kind of noticed it. And I don't know if that was intentional or if I'm, I'm just making things up.
0: Hmm. Might have to
1: go back and investigate. Yeah, I will say I loved uh, what volume two, well, what both volumes did with the word bubbles because volume one has a lot of really nice fonts to it. Mm-hmm. Like when these underworld deities are speaking, they've got that kind of Thor looking script to all their word bubbles. And in volume two, when, um, oh, I just read this. What's the bad guy's name in volume two?
0: let me look that up
1: <laughs> but when that guy <laughs> you know I'm is terrible with names i just read this there's a d in it uh when that guy is like casting spells his word bubbles are just like these hieroglyphic looking pictograms yeah like it's just like he's just shouting knife 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 Yeah. when he's trying to like that launch an attack spell on someone and then there's a part where like Wen is fighting him back and wins word bubble, there's no word in it, and it's just entirely filled with a rainbow gradient. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like that before, and that is really cool. Like, it's so abstract, but it gets the point across of, this is some ethereal positive magic that he's trying to launch back at this aggressive knife icon <laughs> magic.
0: Exactly. Or, or, or just like it was... Uh... It's not a language that we can understand, but yeah. it's something like this. Yeah, like here's a symbol of a sword. Uh, let's see, let's see. Oh, there's Linton March. What was Say name? the dude's name. I'm looking on, Comicsology here. DeWalt. That DeWalt, was his last thank name. You.
1: I've been surrounded by other like two-part last names recently and I'm like it's not Don DeLillo, that's an author. It's a, <laughs> it's somebody else. Okay. Yeah, all that stuff first with the Dewalt name. I does it also start with a D? I don't know. We don't have to be on first name basis with the bad guy, like we're not friends.
0: <laughs> we can just be the like uh Newman from Newman <laughs> Dewalt to Walt.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, we'll figure it out sometime mm-hmm. else.
1: I will say that I one thing I liked about both volumes is that the story is set in Southern California, and it does feel like Southern mm-hmm. California. Like when she goes to Linton March's mansion, it is this like Spanish style, like it's all stucco yeah. and like wrought iron. And, like, she has this little beach house. Like, everything looks like it would belong there. And then in volume two, we get to travel a lot more. We go to that really pretty, like, it was, again, like this old Hearstian mansion that has been converted now into, like, a tennis club and country club. Right. And the part where we go to Barcelona, and they're trying to find this place. And Wins like, how do you how do you get to where she lives? And and uh, Shan's just like, well, you just have to walk around and think about a blue door. Think real hard about a blue door. And the more you walk around and the more you think about it, the blue door will appear. And that's her house. name was Dennis, I think. Dennis?
0: Dennis De. God damn it, I forget his name. Already. DeWalt. DeWalt or DeWitt? DeWalt. DeWalt. DeWalt? DeWalt. Let's stick with DeWalt. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, like you guys the power know, tools.
0: You guys should know by now that we are terrible with names. or at least me. I am I'm usually with names. better. Oh well. I'm, I'm um, not on
1: my A game today.
0: But yeah, yeah, the the artwork was fantastic. The environments was neat, the fonts were neat. I really enjoyed the colors. There was mm-hmm. a lot of great colors where each panel was or each page was like washed in red or blue or here's Mm. all green page and it it just it 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 worked really nicely to give these environments um kind of a more cinematic feeling Mm. to them so i enjoyed that
1: a lot yeah i another thing i'm going to talk about with the art and how the art and the narrative work together when you first pitched this to me last week, I Googled it and I noticed she has this kind of like sci-fi looking, like slick suit kind of deal. Like she's dressed more like a superhero. And I thought that's odd. She's like a magic user. Her outfit doesn't necessarily need to be very tactical. Like she doesn't need to dress like a super spy. I wonder what this is about. And they don't explain it until like fairly deep into the story, but it's, well, first of all, that's the only outfit that when, um, put magic properties on before he died. Like he was enchanting that outfit to be like extra protective and things like that. And he only got to the one. So she wears this one outfit. Like she is a superhero all the time, but I don't think this is in the narrative. I think this is in like the character design pages at the end of volume one. It says another reason she wears that outfit is that having a specialized uniform makes the human clients she's dealing with feel comforted. Like, oh, this must be a real expert. Yeah. Like, look, she that, looks that absolutely ready for the job. This isn't somebody wandering up and just like, a, you know, their college sweatshirt or something it's a like that.
0: uniform, right? They're not in some like gym t-shirt and yeah. shorts.
1: Yeah. I liked yeah. that part of it. And I liked how much of what Shan was trying to do was to comfort people that she's mm-hmm. dealing with. Like, her and Wynn used to host this reality show about, like, speaking to the dead. And it's not this, like, sensational ghost hunters thing. It seems like a real practical advice to living people about, they keep calling it, like, the spiritual ecosystem. Like, they're Mm -hmm. really there to make living people feel better about the concept of death and spirits. Like, it's really benevolent, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah, It's more of, like, a PBS educational show than, like... A reality show, or it's yeah, like MythBusters. Like it's a reality they, show for good. They made a a, po- a
0: po- point to basically describe g- 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 ghosts as not something bad, or that you yeah. should want to get away from your your house, but they're actually there to protect you against bigger things. Like they, I they loved like, that. Think of I I don't know if they use this ex example or not, but like think of spiders or or stuff, right? Oh yeah. You might think they're icky or gross or something like that, but they often do a good thing by keeping other bugs out of your house. So if you have a couple spiders, you might just want to leave them be. Yeah. Burn your burn your burn your house down. That's fine with me too. So.
1: Yeah. Only if it's one of those big Australian spiders.
0: Well, and I think they too soon on that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah. they're
1: still there, right? Well, Did the, we Australia's we lost, burning? Have we lost one hundred percent of the spiders?
0: We've almost lost one hundred percent of Australia. <laughs> have sorry, you seen that Australia. picture of the wombat going around? I saw a koala. I'll I'll will send you this picture well, if of a It's sad. Don't show wombat. it to me. It's not well. I mean, it's it's sad in the sense that, like, yeah, they're losing l- 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 their their homes. But why did nobody tell me that they are gigantic?
1: They're huge. Yeah. How big is a wombat? We're gonna get back to the magic in a minute. I <biography> wombat. The, the the picture is <sighs> huge. Oh. <aynı> Well, oh, they are big. Like, they're not huge, but they're like, you know, pot belly pig size.
0: No, the one that uh, is you in the picture is like this size of a human. What? Yeah. Let me see if I can. We'll, we'll, I'll f- f- find it afterwards. Okay. But, um, okay. Yeah. No one, no one
1: told me. <laughs> <laughs> they were huge. Weird. Anyway, what we was saying about the magic is that, um, a lot of the ghosts that are quote unquote haunting your house. Those are just the spirits of people who have lived there and died. Like they're just people like they're not yeah. demons and they, you know, they lived here once they're kind of protective over their home and they understand it's your home now. So they want to protect it for you and they keep these bigger spirits away. Mm-hmm. And something it says is that these spirits, um, like the benevolent, like friendly old family spirits, they don't, Like, they don't like high-speed travel. Like, they don't like airplanes. So that's why everybody feels nervous when they're flying because there's no ghosts up there. And ghosts actually create this, like, warm, comforting energy around you. Yeah.
0: That's, it's a fascinating way to explain that stuff. And I really enjoy that, of, of, like, explain this to me enough where I understand it but not so much that, like, everything, like, every detail is explained, right? Which mm-hmm. is why I think the 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 font choices that they made of, like, these are words that we just don't know. But it's something mm-hmm. like a sword. Or it's something yeah. like this blend of colors. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I like that mixed with this stuff of, like, well, actually, ghosts are good things. Like, you don't yes. need to be scared of them.
1: Yeah, like they don't just explain things appropriately, like they give it enough detail at the right time and they don't overdo it or underdo it. A lot of their explanations for things are very positive. Like, I don't know if I've seen another supernatural narrative like this that's as pro-supernatural that's saying like, no, a lot of that stuff out there is really good and it helps you. And there's like they said, the spiritual ecosystem around you that you have to care for, like you have to take care of ghosts the way you would take care of like honeybees
0: yeah in, in, instead of them having like a ghost hunting show on the history tra- channel mm-hmm. they have one on like hg tv home and gardens it's like and here's how to cook for the ghosts oh. <laughs> here's how you do that here's how you foster the ghosts that are mm-hmm. in your house <laughs> yeah it's good it's fun mm-hmm. uh let's talk a little bit. So at the end of volume 1, we kind of get uh what was his name? when Yeah, back, which is the Mr. Mirage. Mm-hmm. Um kind of get him back, but he's not he's still dead.
1: Yeah, he's still just plain old spirit.
0: But we can she, she can finally talk to him and see him, sort of see see his spirit and talk to his spirit and stuff like that however they also have an alfred like character that is like maintains the house. he's their manager i I, I guess he doesn't really maintain the house but he's more Mm. concerned about their tv show of like well how are we gonna get this tv show to continue it's been off the air for five years and also we need to make this work
1: and i like that he's not this like bossy greedy manager like uh at the end of volume one their house like gets f- yeah yeah and like the end of volume one like their house like a lot of it gets destroyed and they need money to rebuild the house and that's what he's doing like he's building revenue so that they can rebuild the house and rebuild their stockpile of like yeah magical items for spells and also continue to teach the public this is how you deal with a ghost right Again, this was something I wasn't expecting for that view of the the TV industry that they're in to be so warm.
0: It was interesting, because um, yeah, you 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 would think that like a agent would have multiple clients mm-hmm. and is more so about making himself money by using these mm-hmm. people, uh, but that didn't seem to be the case with this who knows maybe down the road he'll turn out to be a greedy money hungry pig but who knows um but i i i like that yeah and then he has this wacky idea yeah like what if we just hire someone that looks like when and when can possess him yeah and that He's way, like, it's like actually him speaking and moving yeah. and stuff. Um, and it's just, it's like, it comes from a good spot. It's like, look, I know you're only trying to help, but that's actually a really bad idea. <laughs> Like, Let's not yeah, do this.
1: <laughs> I was intrigued by that, that they're like, look, even if he was completely informed, willing, consenting, he was well paid, he was compensated for all of his time. It's just that's rude. a weird, gray, unethical area yeah. for us mediums. So we don't want to do it. And yeah. I'm curious about like the background of that and like what the, the bad cases of voluntary possession have been or if there are any good cases out there that they're like, yeah. Well, I recognize this goes against our guidelines, but in this one case, that looks like that worked out for both of you.
0: Yeah. Um, but he still ends up finding an mm. actor uh, to potentially feel that, yeah. that, that role. And he seems to be kind of training him, kind mm-hmm. of g- giving him a very long interview slash training process of like this is what the job would be like this is the person that you're gonna be imitating uh or stuff like that you need to learn is this possible can you Mm. do that can you make it work uh and we don't get to see much of him in that role there is a scene at the end where they are filming something Mm. um but there is a moment when they are facing do it yes and it's uh, dewalt like the like the yeah, god damn it <laughs> uh they're facing dewalt uh <laughs> and or they they go to his old house and they're trying to figure out how to get in there without having the proper c- clearance or uh like hey we're not members of your tennis mm-hmm club but we need to go back and do all this secret stuff that you don't want to know about and he has this like moment where he just kind of shines and he is just completely yeah. playing this role and afterwards Shane is like that was still really weird but thanks that helped out a lot
1: <laughs> I the actor's name is Alex and I did really like him because he's so gung-ho and enthusiastic about everything
0: it's this kind of like live-in role, yeah. Which is it's like he's an odd. I mean, I, I'm I'm not an actor, so I don't know if that is something mm-hmm. that is very sought after. Of just like this is the one role you will have for the next ten ye- years. That's mm. it, and it's basically a li- 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 live-in role. Like you will mm. live as this person. Uh. That's a deep, deep role.
1: <laughs> so, I and I, I like know. that Alex could have been painted as like hungry for stardom or hungry for the money or like really judgmental of the supernatural stuff, but he's taking this just because it's a job. But again, no, he feels very positively about this. I liked yeah. all the small ways in which this was a really positive story.
0: Mm-hmm. Well. The one thing I can maybe think of that why he wouldn't be as surprised Mm -hmm. with the supernatural, uh, a little bit of spoilers for some other Mm -hmm. Valiant comics, but uh, people have, like, recently have been finding out that people with superpowers actually exist and they have been Mm -hmm. around for a long, long time Um, There was an event that I read uh, over the winter break just a couple weeks ago called Armor Hunters uh, in which basically Mexico City gets destroyed by an alien robot. Um, And it, it is just completely gone. And so they know aliens exist. They know people with superpowers exist. So maybe him not necessarily being like, Ghosts? What? <laughs> They're real? Uh, uh, okay. Maybe him not reacting that way is more of just like, okay, so we have aliens, giant robots, sp- people with super powers, and ghosts. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense.
1: He does also mention that he used to watch the original uh, Shannon Wynn TV show Perfect. when it was yeah. airing like five years ago. And he's like, yeah, I watched that okay. when I was a kid. And it's been off the air for, like, five years. So he's, like, a young guy. I imagine he's, like, college age, maybe. Yeah.
0: Like, eight, 18 to
1: 22-ish. Yeah. And he's just this, like, fresh-faced puppy dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Show business is going to ruin him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that a lot. I would be interested to see where his character goes goes cuz that's the like the last panel of yeah. volume 2 uh is this kind of twist or this reveal that hey during the midst of all of this supernatural stuff he changed so it seems like someone maybe actually is possessing him
1: mm-hmm. is this or at
0: least dewalt
1: yeah like there's like know. a sliver of dewalt in there cuz the power that the dewalt spirit had was that he could just, like, knock a spirit out of a body. Like, knock yeah. its own spirit. Be like, well, I possessed your body. And th- then you're just floating around like a ghost, like, what? Well, how do I get back? God, God damn
0: it. Now I have to get my body back.
1: Okay. And then, that happened to Alex a lot. Oh, and I like this point where he's <laughs> outside of his body, and Shan's like, is it cool if I knock your living body unconscious so I can get DeWalt out of there? And he's like, yeah, it's, it's like, cool. Not in the no face. Not in the face. Yeah, yeah, as long as my face is good. He's an
0: actor in Hollywood.
1: What do you expect?
0: Yeah, Uh,
1: Yeah, it looks like there's at least a sliver of DeWalt that's like left in him
0: still. Or something else. We don't know It looks like a
1: similar possession effect to what DeWalt was using. But then also, we haven't really seen other possessions. Maybe that's what all of them look like no matter who the spirit is.
0: You had a point. Maybe it's uh, the Evros dude i believe his yeah. name was in volume one because he's still after dr mirage mm-hmm. so maybe he's uh hunting her down mm-hmm. who knows who knows i i one thing i also thought was neat was that monocle that they they had the yes. like, household that they went to in volume two there was a family who that was like yeah, we know ghosts exist. There's a bunch that live here in this house because they're all family. Uh, but they mm. had this like monocle that allowed them to see the ghosts. I, I-, I thought that 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 was neat. Like that yeah. that kind of supernatural stuff is exactly what I want um, from 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 this book. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. We're gonna spend a whole adventure in. The dark, the dead side.
1: Yeah. That's just me. It's like, yeah, I would rather see just a bunch of everyday things made magic instead of here we are, Mm. 100% magic worlds. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, could you imagine a Thor movie where it's all Asgard? Something would be missing. I mean, certain things about that would be fantastic.
0: I I would kind of like to say that, but I think that's the thing. I think Thor feels at home there. And I, that's true. I that's don't true. necessarily feel like Doctor Mirage feels at home.
1: Yeah, it's there. not like she just goes on jaunts through, you know, the Netherworld. Yeah, cuz she, she 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 knew enough to be like okay,
0: I'm in a world that I don't understand. What mm. are the rules? Yeah, Yeah, she was smart enough to ask, like, is there things that I should be aware of, things I shouldn't say, people I shouldn't talk to, spots I shouldn't go? Um, And they didn't really give her much help, but enough to 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 be like, all right, go that way.
1: One thing that bugs me now that I'm thinking about it. Now, not in that it's annoying, just in that it's interesting. And I wonder what like narrative things might come out of this. It is very easy for her to get into the underworld. Like It seems like she has very easy access to the ritual that does it and all the objects needed for the ritual. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if it was that easy for you, how easy is it for other people? Are there other people just wandering around the netherworld? Like, why yeah. is that, among all these magic things she has to do, why is that one of the simplest things?
0: Yeah, that that's an interesting p- p- point. I I feel like I mean they they do place a lot of emphasis on ritual and how mm-hmm. ritual doesn't necessarily need to be exact, but there is intention behind it. Mm-hmm. So if you are an amateur, you might not get it right, even though you mm-hmm. have all the aspects, right? Or you have all the right in, in g- 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 ingredients. Uh, you might not have the right intention or the right uh, feeling. Because they, they, mm-hmm. they said, like, you need to trust your gut with this stuff. Um, so it, it might be that, where she is experienced enough that it is easy for her. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, we've only read two volumes here i'm not sure how much more of this book there is i, oh, yeah. di- I didn't check um but it, who knows that might be something they explored down the road that she be- i mean it did look like she went through extensive training
2: mm-hmm.
0: there was the stuff when she first met uh yeah her, her husband and they started learning all of that stuff
1: ghost hunting I- school I did like that, that she went to school for this, and she literally has a PhD in doing yeah. what she does. Yeah,
0: that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> it's good. Like, I would also kind of want to see that, that story. Like, what are they like in school? What were their adventures like together? Shan yeah. and her husband went because that that seemed like a lot of fun because there there was a good amount of Mm -hmm. time five six years i'm not sure where they had adventures yeah together and did all of this stuff um and then one day he died
1: yeah i did really like the dynamic that that the two of them had and i would like to see how did they tackle non-supernatural things Like, you know, how did they pick out a car or something like that? You know, how did they pick their wedding venue? Like, how do you tackle just a normal problem? Just a little bit of that sprinkled among all this magic and ritual would be interesting.
0: I mean, we're we're still going to get that now that Mm -hmm. his spirit is back and around. Uh, it's just a little bit of a different dynamic because she's the only one that can see him and, t- and talk to him besides mm-hmm. us as a r- 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 writer.
1: That's right, right. We also can. Yeah, we have magical powers. Oh my gosh! We can talk to him. We can talk to ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's good. It's fun. Uh, one I thing this uh, a lot. Yeah, one thing I'll say real quick that I liked about the relationship is that this friend they're going to go meet in Barcelona, Selena, It said that her specialty is sex magic. And when asks Shan, "So, so when I was dead, did you guys, and Shan's like, well, she offered, you know, her, like she's always trying to make you feel better, and that's her specialty, and like, you know, support the whole body, you know, start there, and that'll affect your spirit and all that. And she's like, I thought about it, but it wasn't right. She was very understanding about it. I like that. Nice I thought moment. that. I thought that was sweet. Yeah, and then also there's that. Um, I forget at which point, but there's some female ghost flirting with Wen, like yeah. kind of indicating like, well, you and your wife can't touch each other, but like but we since can. we are both ghosts, there's some <laughs> sort of mischief we can get up to. And he's like, Dad, sorry, ma'am, I am monogamous."
0: <laughs> yeah, I am very much. A- a g- ghost and very much monogamous. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I, I, but I like
1: that. That's what he says instead of "I'm married" or "That's my wife." Like he says it like, "Oh, this is a choice I've made." Yeah, like they yeah. are both very specifically devoted to each other in in this monogamous relationship. But there's things like Shan says something like, uh, "When she tried dating again after he died, she's like N- the like she, no, no, no. It was um." He, when Alex is trying on Wynn's old clothes, Wynn's like, does he look better than me? It's okay. You can tell me. And Shan's like, no, you always look the best to me. Like, it feels very yeah. specific. I, I don't know. Like, we haven't seen any other, like, married couples yet, but this seems like a story where we have this very specific devoted monogamous couple, but it seems like that's them
0: looks better than you in or out of those clothes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But like any other couple they encounter could be making any other kind of life choices. Like it seemed like this was the narratives like state on, this is what this couple is up to them Mm -hmm. specifically monogamy. Big deal for them. Others we have yet to see could be different. Yeah. It was good again just like i I just wish
0: volume one was a little bit more uh, first timer friendly yeah i don't know so here's also one thing that i also did i i don't want to say didn't like Mm -hmm. but i struggled with yeah i don't know if i like the dialogue in this book Okay, I and it, it I'm I'm struggling to explain that and put a finger on like what exactly I didn't like about it. I was trying to think of 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 like, well, it really does seem like they're talking and they understand each other and that's what they would say, but there's kind of a difference between how people actually talk and like, writing that down and yeah it's like I, I thought maybe it's somewhere with that of 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 like this seems almost too authentic that it's mm. hard to read it's not okay. readable um if that makes if that makes sense that's a strange thing to kind of nitpick know. at but
1: i don't know it, if i really it, picked up on that but i will say I think there were times when like the exposition they were giving, not all of it really got through to me. And that might have just been me. Yeah. I might have been tired. I might have been like, well, I know I have to have this finished by a certain time. So I'm kind of just like watching the pages count down. Like, can I finish this? <laughs> Which is unfortunately sometimes a drawback to this format. But um yeah, like sometimes like the exposition like wasn't getting through to me. And I would have to read a page a couple times, like, wait, what does this do? what what mm-hmm. do we want where yeah. are we going and yeah, it's like not- it, it just I,
0: I, I, I don't know like it i i think especially in volume 1 when we are in this foreign yeah world it's just like i don't i don't understand what's happening they seem to be talking fluently and everyone understands one another and it like i i i felt like so much of an outsider yes. that i was just like is this volume four? Yeah. Am I supposed to know what some of this stuff means? And I, and then, again, we all liked volume two. I, th- I thought that was a Im- improvement. Mm. But also, I don't necessarily think the dialogue changed in volume mm-hmm. two. I was now maybe more familiar yes. with them. And that's like, okay, this makes sense now.
1: Yeah, volume one is missing any kind of, like, audience surrogate like point of view character everybody talking to each other mostly knows what they're talking about there's very little like metaphor like okay think of this like this and then it does that like yeah. it's uh it is a little hard to learn from like you get the gist of everything certainly but there are, i think there are times where like i wish i knew like i had a slightly better handle yeah. on the specifics which isn't necessarily a bad thing
0: Mm -hmm. right like it's i i want to go into a world that feels fleshed out and lived in um and i I think volume one absolutely felt like that but they were dealing with things that all the characters already seem to be familiar with yeah i was not whereas Lord of the Rings. Sure, it's a brand new world or yeah. something like that. But they are discovering new things as mm. you discover it with them. And like I, I, I didn't feel like I was discovering things with them. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I get that. I will it was, say it
0: was, it was still just like I. You guys know what's happening here. I'm just gonna yeah. tag along.
1: <laughs> the story is nice but the dialogue doesn't have like a tremendous sparkle to it like I don't know Mm -hmm. if there's any points where I'm like I laughed out loud not that it's like trying to do that and failing it's just not particularly trying to do it and one final thing I want to say about the art is the logo design (laughs) I love it it I like it but it led me to believe this was going to be kookier than what it is like yeah. the kind of off kilter letters and the eye and mirage the is a seventy
0: style. G- 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 it looks, g- like, yeah, it looks like
1: tiki font. bar font almost.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it looks like more, it looks like something you would see in Adventure Brothers.
1: Yeah, yeah, and just to have a story that is nice, but it is I I like the story. I like what it is. I it's not like I'm like oh, a comedy element is missing, but it is this like straightforward supernatural like adventure you know, kind of a thriller kind of a romance sort of story and it, yeah. it doesn't have a sort of like fun swashbuckly you know kind of wacky side to it that i look at the logo and that's what i feel like it should have like the yeah. logo's good the story is good but there's like a little disconnect between the two of them
0: that absolutely makes sense um yeah i i I wonder if the book heads in that direction after this yeah who knows Mm -hmm. who knows good stuff uh i think that's kind of all i really have to say about dr mirage Mm -hmm. if you had to recommend some things to people if they liked this what would you recommend
1: First off, whenever I think of a couple dealing with the afterlife, I think of Beetlejuice. Okay. We all know what Beetlejuice is, but it also she's reminded she's me she's of she's. It also reminded me of Beyond Belief, which is a story from the thrilling it's from the thrilling adventure hour. Okay. Which if you're not familiar with that, Thrilling Adventure Hour was a series of audio drama podcasts. Mm -hmm. And they're still running uh, in kind of a modified format. And I think a lot of their back episodes are um, paywalled at this point. So I don't know how accessible it is unless you have like, I don't even think it's like a Stitcher premium. I think it might be like a Patreon or something that gets you the back catalogs. I don't know. I don't know how much of this is out there for you to listen to. But the story was, uh, it was these two mediums, this married couple of mediums named Frank and Sadie Doyle. And they were this like, you know, early 20th century, like high rise apartment, like rich aristocrats, like always like toasting each other and drinking cocktails. Like they've got this like great Gatsby aesthetic to them and they're mediums. Mm-hmm. Like they can talk to ghosts and all these people compounding at their door like, well, I got, I got a ghost. I got a werewolf. I got a fairy. I got a boogeyman. And they're like, oh, fine. We'll help you if you'll leave. Like, all they want to do is sit in their apartment, drink, and flirt with each other. They are head over heels for each other, like, even this deep in their marriage. They're also, like, this incredibly tightly bonded, like, power couple. They're just like, well, fine, we'll see if we can solve your vampire problem. But, honey, pack the vodka. The vodka's coming with us. <laughs>
0: we need the vodka.
1: And they did do, vodka uh... Will help us solve this at least a couple issues of comics based on this. I don't know okay. how far they got, cool. but I I bought and read the first couple of comics. They are really fun and they look great. Like very yep. pretty illustration and coloring. So yeah, if you can find any issues of the Beyond Belief comic book or find any access to the older episodes of the podcast. It's one of my favorite stories.
0: Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um I mentioned Shadow Man uh Mm. earlier in the show i think if you like stories involving magic uh shadow man is one to check out like i mentioned it deals more with voodoo and and all of that side of things but it is the kind of darker stories of uh magic within the Mm. valiant universe uh so that would be something to check out i really enjoyed that book um I think another good one would be Doctor Strange. If yes. maybe you want some Marvel stuff, there is the movie that you guys can go check out if you guys want that. Um but go 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 check out some of the Doctor Strange co- co- comics. Mm-hmm. I know Jason Aaron had a good run uh on that a little more recently, so that might be something to check out. In fact, okay. I think uh Paul and I covered the Doctor Strange comics by Jason Aaron on an old oh. episode of the What Mots podcast. Um, I maybe you did. Which is now up on our website. Yeah. All of that stuff is up there. Uh, so you guys can go check it out if you guys want to track that down as well. I think we read the first two volumes of that.
1: Mm. It's somewhere on there. I'm looking for it now, because now I need to know.
0: While well, you are looking
2: <laughs>
0: that up, uh, let me do one more plug Sure. our Patreon. Uh, if you guys enjoy what we do here at the Whatnots, uh, please consider supporting us on Patreon. We are literally $1 away from reaching our first goal. Uh, We are trying to reach $15 a month. Uh, It is honestly not that much, uh, but that will cover like the most basic of basic hosting costs Mm. for us. Uh, So if you like what we do, please consider helping us out. Patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can support us Uh, and throw us some pocket change.
1: We'd appreciate it. I did double check. You guys did cover on episode 41, Doctor Strange Volumes 1 and 2 from Jason Aaron and Chris uh, Bachalo. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you Man, knew. I think that's how you say his name.
0: Say it with confidence. DeWitt.
1: <laughs> DeWalt.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kyle, are you ready for the pitches for next week? Yes.
0: I am excited to hear what they are.
1: What do you got? Okay. So last week with Sherlock and John the game was a foot and this week the I'm game still... is a hand. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to pitch that dissevered hand movie back to you this week, right? No, I'm I'm not tired of games yet. So I have three movies that are all about games. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Pitch number 1 is a new release. This is a movie that just came out last fall. I didn't get out to see it in the <laughs> theater. But it is available for rental now. I saw it at my local red box at the grocery store this weekend. And I'm like, I've been meaning to watch this. Let's see if Kyle wants to watch it. This is a movie called Ready or Not. And the plot of this, it's, uh, I think it was like a slightly smaller movie. I, I don't think it got very big, but... Everything I've heard about it was that it was really fun. And it's got a neat premise where this woman marries into this family that are like old money millionaires because they're board game magnates. They have this huge board game enterprise. It's like marrying into Parker Brothers.
0: They have a a monopoly on Monopoly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: Thank you. I'm here all week.
1: So it's uh I believe it's her wedding night. It's after the ceremony. There's like a private gathering of immediate family members, just her and everybody and her new husband's side. The family are there at the family mansion. They're like, well, we have this tradition that we do every time a new person marries into the family. We're all gonna play a game together, and you get to and like there's like a you pick a card, you spin a wheel, something like you pick one of the games, and it's and the game she ends up picking is hide and seek, but it's like mortal hide and seek like you Mm -hmm. need to survive the night you need to win hide and seek in order to stay in this family or we are going to kill you
0: interesting yeah
1: okay i think most of the movie like takes place inside this mansion and it's just all this game it's a big hide and seek game inside of this mansion and the movie poster is her in her wedding dress i think holding like a shotgun or something like the kind <laughs> of like decorative shotgun a rich person would put over a fireplace
0: right yeah or I
1: guess anybody like if you've got enough money for a fireplace and a shotgun you could do that <laughs> <laughs> it's attainable to all <laughs> yep so pitch number 1 is ready or not gotcha Pitch number two, these next two movies are both specifically about game shows. Okay. Yeah. The next pitch is Quiz Show. This is a 1994 movie directed by our old buddy, Robert Redford.
0: Hey there, Robert Redford.
1: (laughs) And the story of this is it's based on true events and it's set in the 1950s when like Quiz shows are the popular thing on TV, and TV itself is brand new. And people don't know what to put on TV yet, so they're like, oh, let's just make... No whammies, no whammies, no whammies, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Press Your Luck wasn't a trivia game show, though. This is, like, trivia game shows are, like, big on TV here in the 1950s. Sure. And it says, an idealistic young lawyer working for a congressional subcommittee discovers that TV quiz shows are being fixed his investigation focuses on two contestants on the show, 21, Herbert snimple a brash working class Jew from Queens, and Charles Van Doren, the, pat- uh, the scion of one of America's leading literary families. And so <laughs> the creators of the show kind of set it up so that Charles Van Doren would win because he it looks better. He's like the shining darling poster boy. And they're like, he should be the winner. So we're going to like secretly feed him answers. So it's all about like him realizing what he's gotten wrapped up in the other contestant realizing he's been cheated and this um, interesting. And then this uh, lawyer realizing, Oh, there's so much illegal stuff going on now. And it's all based on real stuff. Okay. I watched this movie in my high school media class it stars Ray Fines, and this movie made Ray Fines one of my very favorite actors.
0: There you go. Yeah. Did you have a qu- a quiz on the qu- quiz show?
1: I don't know if we actually had any projects related to it, or if it was Missed like opportunity. It's just movie time, kids. Watch the movie. Okay. Yeah. Pitch number 3, the next game show specific movie. This is Slumdog Millionaire. Gotcha. This is the 2008 film from director Danny Boyle. This is the story of Jamal Malik, an 18-year-old orphan from the slums of Mumbai who is about to experience the biggest day of his life according to IMDb. With the whole nation watching, he is just one question away from winning a staggering 20 million rupees on India's Kaun Banega Krorapati, which is the Indian version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Okay. When the show breaks for the night, police arrest him on suspicion of cheating. You're just a street kid. How do you know all of this? Desperate to prove his innocence, Jamal tells the story of his life in the slums. And every story from his life connects to knowing the answer to one of these Who Wants to Be a Millionaire trivia questions. I haven't seen this movie, but I remember it being really well received when it came Mm -hmm. out. And it's something I've continually been curious about because it just seems like such an interesting premise and framing device for a movie. Okay. Yeah. So our three movies this week are Ready or Not, Quiz Show, or Slumdog Millionaire.
0: I remember when... Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was like the TV mm-hmm. show you had to watch. Yes. What a time to be alive. Um oh man, I don't know. I uh I I kinda wanna I kinda wanna do the first one.
1: Ready or not? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's it just seems sounds really so fun
0: out there. Yes. just like, beat us in hide and seek, and you can marry into the family. But if you lose, we get to kill (laughs) you.
1: And from the trailer I saw, like, the family is like, it's kind of like a dark comedy. Like, they're a little bit more inept than they are sinister. Mm -hmm. This movie seems like it's kind of in the vein of, like, Knives Out or Clue or something like that, where it is this, like, you know, kind of cat and mouse game chase, but it's like... A little wacky and it's in a beautiful mansion okay yeah
0: there you go it's called ready or not yes correct okay
1: yeah and this just came out i don't know where it is available yet but like i said i saw it it at my local red box i imagine most of us walk past a red box in our weekly lives even if we don't stop and look at it (laughs) your library might have it you might have a local video store
0: having fun's not hard when you got a library card no (laughs) good uh we will do that for this next week ready or not uh so ready or not get ready for ready or not (laughs) uh melissa where can they find you on the interwebs
1: you can find me on twitter and instagram at wilkywit that's w-i-l-k-y-w-i-t
0: you can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram, and if you guys want to stay up to date with our shows, we are at the Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, and I don't know what else to say at the end here, so we're just gonna end it right there. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.